Hello, welcome to the official Rugby World Cup podcast brought to you by Asahi Superdry, the official beer of the Rugby World Cup. I'm Gethin Jones, and as I speak to you, we are smack bang in the middle of the first weekend of matches here uh, in France. So plenty to reflect on, loads to look forward to in the company of three legends of the game of rugby. We always have a brilliant lineup. Today is no different. We say hello to Argentina and to Juan Manuel Leguizamon. It's lovely to have you on the podcast. Thank you, my friend. Thank can we you call so you Leggy? Leggy, you can call me Leggy. Juan. Leggy is fine. Leggy, Samon, Juan Manuel. So many options. <laughs> I'm here. Uh, Thank Leggy you. has been to four World Cups. We look forward to talking to you about those. Stuart Hogg is here, Scotland's all-time top try scorer. Listen, I'm delighted you're on the pod, but I'm also absolutely furious you're not lining up against Africa a bit later on today, like lots of Scottish fans and world rugby fans around the world. We'll talk about that in a bit. Lovely to see you. Thank you, Gary. Then you prep, haven't you? Put your notes and everything for this. Uh, You've got to be professional, don't you? You think this is like a professional podcast. You have no idea what's coming. (laughs) You're setting the tone, mate, so it's all on you. Hey, before we start, though, gents, we have a story of love. Hugo Marnier came to France for a rugby but it turns out, last night, he fell in love with drop goals. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. I hope you're very happy together. George Ford, 27 points, three drop goals in the first half. Unbelievable. I reckon it's probably one of the greatest individual performances we've seen from an England player in quite a while. That's not be getting carried away. I'd love to know what you guys think, but as an individual... You lose a man after two and a half minutes and for your fly half, your quarterback, to step up in the way he did. It was it was impressive, no? Yeah. Are you asking Leggy to go straight no, in with no, being no, happy I'm for not, England? No, I mean, no. This man, look at him, he's, he's a broken man. I was, I, was, I was looking more in Hoggy's direction whilst my right arm was looking at Leggy. <laughs> it was a good individual performance, wasn't it? It was, it was absolutely incredible. I think the drop goal for me... You never normally see it nowadays, do you? You're yeah. quite fond of a drop goal, especially from distance. Mm, that's yeah, true. that's because I just got too tired to run about. <laughs> bit too in my career. Two big ones in my career, but I spent a lot of time practising them. feels yeah. like you, you got carried away at some point, so I think once it, I was watching you for Exeter and you went, like, it was your own 22, I think you went for one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, I probably did do that, and that's why I never played for the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, like it's it's weird. It's all on the ball. You get a nice ball that you can strike. I know it sounds bloody stupid what I'm saying, but you get a nice rugby ball and you can drop. Is this drop a nice? Ball. So this is a nice rugby ball. Too, yeah, these it? these are good. You can I'm glad them. you mentioned that because um, I was pitch side there yesterday for the game and I got hold of one of the official match balls and they feel a bit. I know it sounds silly, but the shape of rugby ball is the shape of rugby ball, but they're a little bit wider. So the belly of the ball is a bit fatter. So for a kicker, you've got more surface area to be able to yeah. kick and connect. And is that the art of being able to make the ball travel a bit further and get a bit of better accuracy? With is that fair? Yeah, you could say that. I think, as you say, it, it sounds stupid when you talk about a rugby ball. Everybody looks at it and goes, "They must be all the exact same." But um, you need a ball that that's been kicked in. So you'll spit. Genuine, it sounds bloody stupid, but you'll 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 get a new ball at the start of the week for a test match and you practice with it all, all week and, you, and you, you kick the leather off it and then by the time it comes to the weekend it's ready to go. If you get a fresh ball, it's absolutely horrific. I remember Greg Laidlaw got a fresh ball in a game once and they asked their kit man to go get a bucket of hot water. So the bucket of hot water, you stick the ball in it and any time they came to a conversion or a penalty, whoever brought his kicking team brought a 
brought a warm yeah. bowl on. We used to travel a little bit further. So. Warm bowl. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Argentina, like you, you sat here this morning, Leggy. You've brought some weird tea with you. You're, <laughs> you're sipping it out of a, a metal straw. Is that how are you feeling this morning? Because am I allowed to say that Argentina just didn't seem to fire a shot last night? No, no, hundred percent agree with that. Um, I don't know what happened. I don't know what they prepared in the last three weeks to play that game. Um, three weeks? I mean, uh, three like, weeks. I mean, you know, the camp. Yeah, the camp is the camp know, months, in Portugal isn't it? and everything. Yeah, it, I think it was a masterclass from England for. The defense going up hard, uh, kicking the strategy, uh, uh, the fullback going for every ball, for playing every single ball the same way. So I think it's, we need to learn from that. I was disappointed by Argentina because when you said there's a lot of inexperience, but Julio Montoya, yeah. Emiliano Buffelli, who scored 25 points against England at the autumn yeah. in Twickenham. I thought there's enough quality and know-how. Lavanini, Pablo Matera, Crema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, I thought one of you, someone, take a grip of this game, hit pause, yeah. regroup, and start firing some shots. And yeah. you didn't fire a shot. 13 handling errors, 12 penalties, a scrum that looked like it was wilting. The line-out wasn't perfect. I was thinking... Good stats. Telly was doing commentary. Yeah, it was just a poor. It was just a poor. Yeah, it was just a poor reflection of <laughs> yeah. Argentina. And in these big games, yeah. you want to see the best of Team A against the best of Team B, and then a team wins. And England were great, but Argentina were yeah. well, well below par for me. Oh yes. Uh, Any time we have ever played against the Argentinians, they are built on emotion, massively, massively built on emotion. And I think, you know, you talked about the twelve penalties you give away. So England are a man down, and all they want is to slow things up. It's in their DNA at the minute. They want to slow things up. And if you're giving away 12 penalties and George Ford just keeps that scoreboard ticking over, it is like a sucker punch to the, to the Argentinians. And when, you, when you're talking about the lack of energy and, and things like that, it knocks the life out of you when, when things aren't going well. And, and it becomes in, incredibly frustrating, and it's just like, a ticking time bomb, when's this going to end? Argentina almost got to the stage, it was like, they just couldn't, they couldn't do anything to, mm. to, get, in, to get back into the game. Mm. And okay. mm. I, I just found it quite, quite frustrating to watch at times as well, because we've seen them at their best. Mm. They're mm. a world-class side when, when they get things right, but yeah. they almost played into England's hands last night. Mm. And you know when England are a man down and they just want to keep that scoreboard ticking over, yeah. The Argentinians just played right into the right into their hands. You know, you got Wales Fiji a bit later. A man called Botico on the bench for Fiji could come on as a seven or as a twelve. Is is to a leggy now a bona fide yeah. seven as well after losing Tom Curry to that red card. He was he was scrummaging <coughs> wasn't he, in uh, yeah. a, a defence. Yeah, it was the best defensive game I've seen from yes. Manu in years. It, it's it's obvious the threat of Manu. He's I think at his best is one of the best power athletes in world rugby. Um, it's very difficult to stop. It creates a, a great sense of momentum. I think there's few players in the world where there is dangers with or without the ball. Yeah. If Manu's there and he's on the gain line, whether he has the ball or not, you have to sit and stop for him because yeah. you can't give him a soft shoulder. You give him a soft shoulder, he's going to break the gain line, creates momentum. But Manu yesterday, and you think of also Courtney Laws and Ben Earl, 
two men in the back row, and you'll appreciate this, having to do the job of, of three men, I thought was tremendous. But Manu defensively, the aggression, the intensity, yeah. and I thought that the repeated um, energy and effort to get up, get off the line, and just try and suffocate and and still Argentina's energy. Jorge, exactly once that. again, like you know what it's like to play against Argentina, and I think you have to almost break them emotionally before you break the game. Yeah. And they took away their energy. Which, and they did it, yeah. yeah. And I thought that, that that was it. Was that fair? Yeah. yeah, 100%. I agree with that. Because we are talking about Ford, but I think every player yesterday from England did a fantastic job, like putting pressure, the 15, four kicking every single time the same way. Number nine was great. Uh, uh, and then the back row as well. well uh, loss, else. It was fantastic to watch. The genuine question, what's it like when you know you've made a bad tackle, foul play, a mistake, call it whatever you want, and you've got that long walk off the pitch, knowing that this could change the course of the game? Can I just add in there, but maybe waiting as well, in, in, in the incident with Tom Curry, goes into yeah. the huddle and it's being reviewed. Oof. Yeah, what's the mindset? Well, on my on my one, I got a yellow card first. Yeah, and then the Welsh just kept replaying it on the big screen, and yeah. the ref decided to have a look up. My yeah, mates, my mates do that. <laughs> they, they do the video. Like, play it again. Play it again. <laughs> and then so I'm sitting on the bench, going, I think I've got away with that actually. And then all of a sudden, he starts walking towards me and whistles and points for me to come back on and Oof. brands the red card. So I thought, yeah, I've got away with this. Then came back on, red card was was shown, and then. So the old long walk down the tunnel. What's it like? Oh, it's horrific. Absolutely horrific. It was a good red card. A good, a good red card? <laughs> it, was, it was worthy of a red, yeah. <laughs> I just remember Bob and Dad, they got up about 10 minutes after that, walked out the stadium and started driving home. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, they'd had enough. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, England's attack. First of all, uh, Farrell. So, hang on. So, England win. They win well. George Ford, absolutely world class. Does Farrell come back in now when he's available? Stuart Hogg. Not after that performance last night. Not even at 12? Well, that's the thing. I think he'll play somewhere. He'll play somewhere. And I think the fact they've not brought um, Henry Slade out to World Cup, to me, shows that they're going to put Farrell at 12. Oh, interesting. Hmm? Yeah, no, I just, it's, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a weird one. Like, Farrell, he has to play. Farrell has to play. I think, for me, he's, he's, he's an absolute outstanding rugby player, a great leader. And he'll have a massive impact both on and off the field with that England squad. So, yeah, does he come in at 12? Does he shove two Lange out one? I generally don't know, but they've got an embarrassment of riches there that they can they can do what they want. I was going to ask Hugo, but he's busy tucking into Leggy's tea. Have a go uh, on that. That's Leggy's nice. Tea. Is it nice? Leggy's yeah. bought a very... Is it like a herbal tea? Yeah, herbal tea. Herbal tea. That's this, this is this, the key to looking absolutely tremendous. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I couldn't agree more with that. I don't think... Ford's performance actually changed a huge amount in terms of selection. I think he's a wonderful player, um, perhaps one that's been underappreciated a little bit. So it was actually really nice for, for Fordy to have that moment, mm. to show his quality. Mm. And anyone that knows George Ford, played against him, trained, played with him, he's as good as having a coach on the pitch. So when you're down to 14 men, you effectively have a player coach on the pitch. You get that sense of calm, security, and player management. Like Leggy, you know what it's like as a forward. When you're having to double up your efforts, 
you need your 10 to keep the ball in front of you, yeah. put in the right positions and manage your legs. And that's what Fordy did. And then the three sucker punches of drop goal, drop goal, drop goal. Not only were they putting scoreboard pressure on Argentina, but mm. I thought they were also taking the energy out because they were like, yeah. hang on, where did that come from? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Marcus Smith coming on there at 15 there. They do have some creative options at the moment. Freddie Stewart, would be wrong not to ask you about him as a fellow fullback, Stewart. Like, what he does, he does brilliantly, doesn't he? A, a, a steward. And then, after, I mean, there's been lots said about England's creativity. What, what does he bring other than that to the England side? You talked about the kicking threat. So, George Ford's sticking spiral bombs up for fun. There's nobody better to chase it than Freddie Stewart. Like, he's, you know, he's seven foot tall. <laughs> it's absolutely tremendous in there. Fact. And, uh, fact. Mate, fact. Um, but he, he is, he'll be up there with the world's best in there. And, and it is a massive threat. Like, I remember for years playing against them, like, we were thinking our attack and kicking game has to be spot on because anything you put in the air, you're going to have to make a massive collision or he's just going to come up, come up with it. So it's like, how, how do you try and, you know, work your way around it? Do you put it on the floor? Do you try and get it in behind him? But he, he, is, he is absolute quality. Like, even, you know, bringing back the ball from counter-attack, he sticks up for himself. Like, it is a massive, massive threat of his. Mm. And then you bring on a player like Marcus Smith, who's yeah. yeah let's let's just kick the ball and see what he's going to do now. Mm. He's got so much talent; it's incredible that you're thinking right. Well, do we put it up in there against him? He's not a massive guy, but he punches well above his weight. He's got footwork like you. Yeah, he's, he's hard. He can step off both feet. So he's a little bit better than I was. But you can he, um, I mean, you didn't even know which direction you were going. Sometimes you were that good. Yeah, but <laughs> you step thinking you're going off your left foot and you end up falling over your right foot, <laughs> so it wasn't exactly a... I've seen you go doing that a few times as well. A couple of times. <laughs> a couple dozen times. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, before we move on to the opening weekend, I'm, I'm sort of um, going to go on a little bit. You, you've both done World Cup campaigns. These guys now have been training. I don't know, Wales started like six months ago. They've been going in and out. <laughs> Why are you straight, laughing? Straight out the Six Nations yeah, the World Cup. They bit. did. I remember them going straight. I remember Georgie North saying, yeah, going into camp next week. What? They've been together for a long, long time. I know the rugby on the pitch is the most important thing, but day to day, what's it like, Leggy? What's it like being in a being together with these with this group for 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 such a long time? How do you keep the morale high, the atmosphere good? It's a good question. Um, I think that's a, the main uh, challenge for coaching staffs and, of course, from leadership groups uh, in in the team. You have to be a family off the field. Mm. You generally do because you're spending all that time away from your own family with these boys <coughs> day in day out. That you know, for, for when I was in camp, you used to you, you played cards. You you know you had a bit of crack over coffee. You done absolutely everything you possibly could. You know. And even in the, the latter stages, when boys were gaming all the time, they're gaming against each other. That, you know, your man's sitting in the next room and you can hear them shouting back and forward. But, yeah, it, it has a massive knock-on effect. If you get things right off the field, you yeah. tend to have a lot, of, um, a lot of good things happen on the field. There's an emphasis there about getting things right. Have things sometimes not always gone that way for you in a, in a World Cup cam- campaign or any sort of campaign with Scotland? Yeah, it's, it, it's a difficult one because... If things don't go right when you when you're, you 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 go day in day out to try and you know get a game plan get a a structure that you want in place and sometimes you're not going to get it right when it comes to the game and you know it's how you then get tight again after it. because there has been times that it's been absolutely horrific and I remember sitting 
we were beating off Ireland in the first game of the World Cup and we had about 12 days until our next game it's like you're twiddling your thumbs going we just want the next game and it's a long long way away and you're thinking right we've got to play against Samoa and get a bonus point win to, to keep our World Cup hopes alive and you're, you're constantly like stressed about it all the time um, but yeah no it's like these, these things happen but as long as, as long as you're maintaining it you tend to be alright this is the brilliant thing about a World Cup so I, I was fortunate enough to, to work in the World Cup in Japan four years ago you did once leave two weeks in your calendar free for a call up didn't you that, you got quite close was it 2011 it's 2011 yeah I did the whole warm up I, I did like <laughs> 10 weeks of it um, played in a couple of the matches the worst match that you played on I don't know if you guys did it you played um, possibles against probables so that is yeah but don't don't read into it remember the coach used to always say don't read into the teams so <laughs> and all of a sudden it is literally the oh, team yeah. that's played so you've got your like 40 players in a squad and then the coaches want to see how everyone's getting on and then you look at the team and like oh gosh I don't think I'm going because <laughs> the captain's not on my side and everything else but the, the, the title kind of gives it as well doesn't it yeah <laughs> the exactly. probables and the possibles but in Japan I actually covered the the Scotland Island match and this is the difficulty when you've been a an ex-player then you turn into a broadcaster and I think you have to keep your journalistic integrity if a team's good you have to say they're good and if they're bad you have to say they're bad but we just did um, Ireland against Scotland and Ireland were great Scotland are really poor and so you've effectively just slagged off Scotland for about 80 minutes and then we had a, a debrief after it yeah good game good game nice and then we got a taxi um, to the hotel and you're pulling up just as the Scotland team bus are pulling up so you've just torn apart this team who you're now shared a hotel with like Paul did alright lads they probably just like heard your commentary on the team bus and hate you but in fairness I loved staying with the Scotland team for, for, um, for a week, I think it was, because I got back, <clears throat> uh, had a beer at the hotel bar, went to bed. I think it was Ryan Wilson, John Barkley, both texted saying, what are you doing tonight? I said, oh, man, I'm just going to go to bed. And it's not your tournament, it's theirs. And, and they're the ones that put it in, so you crack on. So I went to bed, got a FaceTime from Ryan Wilson. Where are you? I'm, I'm in bed. He's like, well, we're, we're in Osaka, come out. I don't know if you remember, and then I end up, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I end up leaving my hotel. I left my hotel room after being asleep for about half an hour. Went into Osaka and met up with these boys, and we had a really good night. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, was pretty good. So, at that. It was so much fun. <laughs> it was so much fun. So you've gone from a place where you've torn apart a team for being inaccurate, being soft, giving away penalties to having beers with them into that's the middle of the night within like two or three hours. It was class, really good That's fun. the beauty of rugby though, isn't it? Yeah. So there you go, and if you're in a World Cup campaign, like you saying, it's all about love. So when he used to room with Johnny Gray, I'm sure it would have been, I love you, before going to bed. Who did you room with, by the way? I used to room with little Greg. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, little Greg was, was he was ideal. We used well, to Greg Laidlow? We, we, we were lights out half nine. No, you weren't. Yes, we were. And we were up at the crack of dawn. Was he like your dad? Win, win the morning, win the day was his, was his motto. Wow. But that got um, painful after six weeks, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, who's, who's, the, who's the worst roommate you've had? Um, oh, Sean Lamont. Why? <laughs> um, Tell he the was, truth. He was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> He was the one that started the old scare cam, and then Barks took it over. Oh my gosh, the this camps? actually become quite inf the scare infamous. Cam. 
So Barks used to jump out at jump me from Barclay. everywhere. Oh. And I hated it. Like, he'd be behind the curtains. Scaring be, you? Yeah, he'd be in the... But you've turned the Liam, table on it Liam because Williams. you've... Yeah. You, you've Williams done and Gareth Davis, they're obsessed with that. Yeah, I end up doing he, it to do. He, he, he's, you've become the poacher-turned-gamekeeper because yeah. you set up a watching the whole of last Six Call Nations it. just scaring the life out of Duran van der Merwe, a person on the face of it, it that doesn't look like it'd ever be scared. Children, like, like you look yeah. at them, you're disappointed in them. I, I it was amazing. That. It was amazing, though. <laughs> Who's your worst ever roommate? Or person you wouldn't want to share a room with? Guido Petty. Oh, OK. Guido he came off the bench off. last night, yeah. Yeah, he came from off the bench. Why? <laughs> Annoying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> I am immature, but he's 100, more, 100 <laughs> times more. So he's like always singing and dancing and I don't know. Yeah. I love him, but... Kids these days, eh? They still love. Yeah, they still yeah, love, but he's yeah, annoying. Yeah, yeah. Love, love, hate. Yeah. It's like you say, it's like families, but, you know, families fall out. Uh, opening night of the Rugby World Oof. Cup, gents. What a start. Oh, Leggy, you've played a bit of rugby in France, obviously. What did you make of it? It didn't, didn't disappoint, did it? I, I disagree with the result. How come? Uh, you can't disagree with the result, Leggy. Yeah. It's happened. Yeah, true. I feel like uh, the result wasn't the reflect of the game. Ooh. Of course, uh, France did better, but I don't know. I think it's too much. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. New Zealand made a lot of mistakes. Uh, they lost a few balls, but uh, France did more and they deserved the win, but not in that way. I think there's been lots said about the game, but just on specifics, I mean, it was a good start from New Zealand, from you two there, back threes, like in terms of Taloa and, and that's, he's a bit of a nightmare, isn't he, to, to deal with? He's if anyone's watched him in Super Rugby, he's so physical, so dynamic, and to score within, what, 90 seconds? Yeah. Like opening game of the World Cup, you thought, here we go. I mean, I, pre-match, I thought New Zealand by five, but at the end of the game, in, in their last two fixtures, that they, they had their largest ever defeat flicked upon them, South Africa at Twickenham, and then on Friday night against France, the largest ever defeat at a Rugby World Cup. Like that is nightmare news yeah. for an All Blacks fan. But in terms of the occasion itself, it's one of the best atmospheres I've ever been oh, into. Yeah. I was saying it last night actually. It's the first rugby game where I wasn't entirely watching the game because I was just in <laughs> awe of what was happening in the stands. The sounds, the vitality, the people just constantly chanting. Le Marcier had been sang every three minutes. It was the best thing I've ever seen. And, you know, I was with Jim Hamilton pitch side before and after the match. And oh, so there was a downside. <laughs> it was great to see him. But sports entertainment and sat where we were, you've got President Macron sat behind us, you've got Prince Albert from Monaco sat there, you've got Didier Deschamps, the French national football coach, Kylian Mbappé. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just well, in the crowd, wasn't he? Just loving life. Just in the crowd, Olivier Giroud as, a, as an Arsenal fan and what he yeah. did. For, I mean, honestly, he had so many, of the, um, so many of the national team there. You've got David Beckham in the crowd, Jason Momoa, you've got George Russell. It was, it had a real sense Idris of occasion. Idris was there, wasn't he? Big yeah. Driss. Like, that, do you know him? Do huh? you have a chat with Idris? Do, okay. Does he know his rugby? Do you know him? I, I was in a movie with Idris Elba. No, you weren't. I swear my life. <laughs> Stunt double. No, I swear my life. Honestly, it was so bizarre. I got this phone call. Hey, you go, do you want to do, do a movie? I was like, well, I'm not an actor. So I wasn't that bothered. And they went, go on. 
go on, you should do it. We want you to shoot a, a scene with Idris Elba. I said, okay, if Big Driss is in, I'm in. And the scene was, so he was this uh, sports star falling from grace. He's leaving this black tie dinner. <laughs> He's leaving this black tie dinner. I'm stood outside. And um, there's a couple of attractive ladies that look and wave. And Idris thinks they're, they're waving to him. And I walk past and nudge him because they're not waving at Big Driss. They're waving at me. And I walk past him whilst giving him a nudge and they just walk up. I, I swear this is a true story. I'm not so sure about that. I've um, never heard this before. I, I, I swear true story. So I've shot a scene with Big Driss. Sure, it wasn't was Instagram, so I'm not believing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so honestly. Did he recognise you from that when you saw him in the opening weekend? When was that? Yeah, he went up to us. Oh, Martin of Fire, great to see you. You're looking fantastic. <laughs> 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 As I mentioned earlier, we speak to you right in the middle of weekend one of Rugby World Cup. So we're, we're looking ahead to South Africa, Scotland a bit Oof. later. Stuart, why are you not playing? Because um, I'm too old and broken. You're 31 yeah, years of age. Yeah, I look about 61. I know. <laughs> you do not look. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to be playing. I generally would. And I started off the pre-season and just couldn't keep up with the boys. So, selfishly, what does that I look like go. when you um, can't keep up with the boys? When, when, Oogs, you'll be able to to relate to this. When you can't hit the targets that you want and standards that you want to try and maintain, you know it's time. And I remember the older boys used to say, "When you know, you know." And I was in denial of it the whole time. I was like, "Yeah, I'll be absolutely fine." And then, bang, it hits you. And I just got to the point I was physically and also mentally broken with how my body was feeling and I just thought I want this team to to do the best it possibly can and a half fit Stuart Hogg isn't good to anybody so I thought yeah my time my time is up like everybody asked do, do you regret it or do or how are you feeling I didn't watch the first couple of games for Scotland in the, in the summer because I just didn't feel I was ready and then I loved watching the, the last couple of games Tonight might be completely different. Oof. It might be completely different because, you know, I'm going to the game, I'm massively excited for it. Do I wish I was playing? 100%. I do. And tonight might be a bit difficult, but I'm absolutely buzzing for it. Everybody, it, like, we're just quietly going about our work. Everybody's written us off in the pool of death. And, yes. You've written you lot off. Aye. You've written you lot off. Mate, first day, first day, work, first day working with Oogs and what have I done? I've got the World Cup draw in front of me. I saw that. Mate. You had to write Ireland instead of Scotland. Mate, it was hellish. Yeah. And what am I getting off the boys? I'm, I'm asking them, you know, I came to Marseille yesterday, I'm texting a few of the boys, you fancy me up for a coffee? Double blue tick. <laughs> <laughs> they, they ain't interested in me anymore. They ain't interested in me. That's when you become a pundit. I, well, I, te I texted text Gregor the other day saying, you know, I hope everything goes well. Have a great World Cup. He said, thanks, Hoggy. Hope you're well. Um, are you coming out to France at all? I said, yes, I'm coming to Marseille. I'm, I'm going to be there for the opening game. I'll bring my boots just in case. No reply. He <laughs> <laughs> um, asked you a question, though. You engaged in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a neg. It's so either that, you know, when you get to the, like, the kind of people in their 50s on WhatsApp, you, like, you just get a thumbs up and yeah. reply. I was kind of half expected that from the <laughs> gaffer. But yeah, tonight will be a bit different, but um, I think it's going to be an absolutely cracking game of rugby. You've got two sides, and we talked about this, Ux, before. If there's a team in world rugby at the minute that knows their DNA, Oof. 
it's the South Africans. Mm. And they are bloody good at it. World champions, reigning world champions. They're going to be there or thereabouts when it comes to the, the business end as well. But they're going to have to, you know, potentially lick their wounds after a defeat for the Scots tonight. Um, we should clip this up because of where we are where we are right now and if people listen to this podcast in the week we can retweet this with that you know they do on Twitter saying that aged well or maybe it didn't age well yeah. depending yeah. on what happens in the game my career's either going uphill <laughs> or downhill as a broadcaster in the space of two minutes if this goes fair shaped me and Yuga were chatting to Philip Saint-André right here house. last week this is third his, house. his third, third house third in Montpellier house, yeah. yeah third house in Montpellier it's very kind of him to let us borrow it again and he said did he not Hugo that um, he would be tempted as head coach of Scotland to play his second team against South Africa because, quote, you're probably going to lose four or five players to injury and you're probably going to lose. Yeah, that's, um, that's bold, but you can't, you can't go with a second-string team against South Africa in the opening game of the World Cup because, yeah. as we talked about earlier, we played Ireland in the last World Cup first game and, and it really sets the tone for how you're going to go for the rest of the tournament. Mm. And every single game you want to win. Gregor would never do that. He would never do that because that's almost accepting defeat before you even go. Mm. And I, I don't understand why he would do that. I genuinely think tonight you're going to have two teams that are going to play two completely different ways of rugby. South Africa, they'll stick to the DNA. They'll kick the life out of the ball. They'll squeeze you defensively. They'll be physical as hell. Scotland are going to have to work around them. They're going to have to try and find ways, little avenues of getting through the South Africans, offloads, keep the ball alive. When you look at South Africa, they are very stop-start. They want the ball to be out of, out of play. They want to take a deep breath and want to keep going and going and going. Whereas, if you look at the time that they play, on average, they, they've got the longest time for a game to be on because the ball goes out and comes back in. It's slow, stop-start. Scotland will want to increase the tempo mm. at every opportunity. Quick line-outs, quick, quick throw-ins, quick taps, absolutely everything keep the ball alive, don't give the South Africans a chance to, mm. to rest. And I think that's when Scotland will come into our own. So just thinking about back three now, I think you're Colby against you know, the opposite side with Duan van der Meer. But who, who are you more frightened of defending against? For me, definitely Cheslin Colby. Um, and no disrespect to Duan van der Merwe, I just think, I mean, and I think Duan van der Merwe is one of the best wingers in the world. He's outstanding. Defenders beat and meters made, try scored, exceptional. I just think that the threat, I think on the face of it, it's a bit more obvious. Which six foot five, 16, 17 stone, physically, you just have to be up for the battle where Cheslin, whether it's speed, footwork, agility, he can make you look, I mean, both players can mm -hmm. make you look incredibly silly, but Cheslin just does it in a, perhaps a slightly more artistic way. How about you, Hoggy? Uh, yeah, 100% Ches and Colby because I'd rather be run over the top, yeah. run over the top of and blame physics <laughs> than get stepped in a phone box. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've watched, like I've played against Dewey, I've played against Ches and Colby. Dewey just runs flat out at you and he's got the ability to, to beat you, to go around you, to run over the top of you. But yeah, you just have to blame physics. But is he the I'd one that you would have feared the most ever? Or is this someone that's even scarier than him to, to play against? Or would he be up there? We, we talked about this the other week, didn't we? The peak, oh, sorry to make you repeat yourself. The Stuart. peak... Um, <laughs> <laughs> peak Julian Sevier. Oh, uh, the bus. Peak Julian Sevier. What was it, 52 caps and like 49 tries or something at the Junk. time? I hated playing against him. I genuinely hated playing against him because... 
young guy coming through thinking, right, I'm going to try and make a name for myself and your sixth cap or whatever you're playing against Julian Sevilla. I generally didn't think I was going to play rugby again after that day. Yeah, he was up there with one of the best I've ever, ever played against. Whilst we're talking about the very best, let's do a quick back row with you, Leggy. So um, this is not fantasy in the sense that, you know, there's no budget here. But from the 20 teams in the World Cup, who's your best back row? Back row. I think Ardi Savea, number eight. Uh, oh. Help me, help me. Charles Oliver. Yes, but no. Anyone from South Africa? See ya. See ya. Josh van der Fleer. This is actually quite tough. It's yeah, ridiculous it's back rows. 20 teams. That is quite tough. Ridiculous back rows. Which 60, 60 back rows. Yeah. What you got, three positions. As a back row? Yeah. Go on, and you can pick one each. You got Severe. Finish the back row. I love Sia. You have Khaleesi. What a talismanic figure. You've got like a six or a, or a seven, maybe. I'm going for a seven. I'm going yeah. Bottier. Bottier. Oh, 12. That's quite decent. We're happy with that. Yeah, you've got all-round development. You've got ball players. You've got jacklers. You've got tacklers. Yeah, we're gonna do back three now. I mean, you were pretty useless at the back row, Leggy. But I yeah, mean, you get involved if you want. Yeah, it? of course. <laughs> I'll ask him who the toughest player you played against. Who's the strongest toughest player you ever played against? Him. No, it wasn't. I've, do, do you, I've you been just set me up? You I've been he teed you up there, but he's, no. he's made you look really silly. <laughs> I, have, I have been saying this like <laughs> since a long time. Did you not hear them talking about it earlier talking before coming the on? Talking about best back rows. No, I didn't hear them yeah, talking about the best back rows in the world. Like, you go, yeah, you, you, go. No, you pick no, me up and I'll pick you up. That's what they said. And he said, save it for later. I said, who's the toughest player you played against? I mean, it's just an open-ended question. Let's do a back three. The best back three at this World Cup. Stuart Hogg would have been in there if he was playing, yeah. but he's decided he's too old at 31. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to let this go, are George you? George North is 31. He's about yeah, to play in his fourth uh, World he's Cup. He's in about his seventh World Cup now, isn't he? <laughs> um, best back three at the World Cup after Friday night and the, the past couple of seasons. Oh, I know. Ramos. Did you think you didn't think I was going to say Ramos? Did you? I didn't think you could say Ramos. I, I think you say, say Peno. Peno, Peno is quality. He is absolute quality. <laughs> it's after, 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 after the weekend, after that, we could we could just go with the French back three from yeah. from from the weekend. Such a fan of Villiers as well. Yeah, Oof. I'm going as a back three. I'm going to take Big Duhan. I'm going to take Big Duhan on on the left wing. I'm going to go Ches and Colby on the right wing, and Thomas Ramos at fifteen. Ramos of 15 Yeah, I think he's quality. But like his goal kicking. I think he's quality. But he's the most high ball skills yeah. and, and his ability to run. I just think he's on fire at the minute. Anything to add to that, Hughes? No, I, I agree with Ramos. I think this year the two best 15s on the planet have been Hugo Keenan and Thomas Ramos. Hugo Keenan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quality. Exceptional. Just quality. exceptional players. The left wing. <laughs> Reese Amit? No. I think a Welsh bite is coming. No, Matt no, Hansen? No. Well, the, the, he's someone I'd absolutely throw into the mix. It, you haven't it, got a New Zealand winger in this, 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 this is Will unfair. Jordan, what a player. Will, Will Jordan's Will. like 27 he, he, tests, 24 tries or something. It, it's, it's insane. But you, any, any, any of the top teams, you just got to go, right, you could pick the whole... Yeah. You could take the French back not three. Easy. You could take the, the, the Irish back three. It's aesthetic. Take the Scottish back three. You could do everything, mate. Because it's not this just about qualities. Like, how do you want them to play? Like, Doan yeah. is as devastating as 
Cheslin is or Will Jordan or Matt Canton. I love Matt, I love Matt Canton as a personality. What a wonderful rugby player as well. So I'm going Thomas Ramos. Pinto? Jim Hamilton's favourite from no, Portugal? The, no. the Portuguese flyer. No, Pinto's not there. <laughs> Classic gem, that. Um... Leggy, what are you saying? You, you, I'm thinking of Boffelli, not because he's why. Argentinian. But well, he's, he's, good. he's good. Was he he's playing bad. last night? No. It was just I didn't see him. No. For, seven, for 70 minutes. That is so, England get a good win and you're all back. on Unbearable. <laughs> <laughs> you're World Cup winners again, aren't you? Do you know what's brilliant? <laughs> as, as I was leaving the stadium last night, there was a load of England fans cheering. It's coming over. Oh, no. Not already. <laughs> Obviously joking. Mate, the they're not joking. Fans, <laughs> the amount of England fans I saw on the port yesterday, they're asking me, going, what's your predictions? I'm saying England are going to be fine. And they're going, nah, not a chance. Like, they're not feeling yeah, they're so down. So the true. complete opposite to what you think the normal English are like. And then Nick Minute is coming on. But you know what? <laughs> it's coming on. You make, really? such, you make such a good point because the fans we had in the stadium yesterday were... There's not a proper fan and there's not a non-proper fan. Yeah. But they were so loud, so rowdy. If the fans, the tens of thousand England fans, were at Twickenham every single week, we wouldn't lose a game at Twickenham. Yeah. We're silent at home. I think this England team actually flourished for playing away. Why are you thinking away from the line like that? Yeah. Huh? Just because, I don't know, there's a... I always feel actually, sorry I, for I don't, I don't want to... I generally do. The amount of pressure that's heaped on England is incredible. Yeah. It is incredible, and, and I genuinely attention. feel sorry for them at times. I do. Media attention, coverage, but playing away from home in a in a neutral environment with a load of fans that a lot of them would have saved up for four years, yeah. who want to, who have been at the ports, who've been on the train, who have been in the pubs, been in the fan zones, and yeah. the minute Tom Curry got sent off at two and a half minutes, their volume rose at Twickenham. If Tom Curry gets sent off <laughs> two and a half minutes, silent. They're like they're back in the corporate boxes, mate. Any positives have been sent off in a in a rugby game, Stu? What have I done to you today? To <laughs> yeah, why are you so yeah. aggro? Hoggy, Hoggy, it's tell me. Oh, Hoggy I know what me. it is, but we yeah. can't say it. We can't say it on the camera. <laughs> Hoggy was saying um, saying to me when he got sent off in that game against Wales back in the day, that you had, you had more followers on on Twitter, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I got genuine. This, I, I've not got a heap of followers on Twitter, but. The old uh, hit, hit the 30k that day, didn't it? <laughs> you got 30k as well as the blue tick, is that now, Jim? I think that was the time I did get the blue, not that specific moment, but got the old blue tick and I think you made it. Red card, not from five of the Six Nations, beat by 50 points. Hit 30k on Twitter, though, didn't we? Trending on Twitter alongside Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be a few Argentinians maybe following Tom Curry, thanking him this morning, maybe. Uh, we're about to do our uh, Campi 15, um, put it in together with all our guests throughout the podcast, which we'll get to in a second. It is the Japanese word for <coughs> cheers. We'll get to that in a sec. Hoggy, just before we finish, World Cup, you did two. Any funny stories, any memories, any any sort of bizarre moments uh, along the way in any of the camps that you can repeat on um, this show? Thanks for the heads up on that, Geth. Um, hey, c- sorry, firstly, c- can we get your iPad out, please? Why? Can, no, I just want to see it. That's a good point. Did you not write this down because you're super prepared? Wait, wait, can you give I us like your iPad? I like to be prepared, hey, man. We, we were super impressed. We were super impressed by this. Stuart, in my bag. Stuart turned up today with an iPad, the tablet, with all his information and prep on it, and uh, he's not used it once. 
quotes. You got uh, quotes? Hey, hey. Have you got quotes? Can, oh, mate. mate Go on, give it. us some quotes. Can we Inspire us. Can I just read some of this? No, quote? mate, no, because... No, come on. No, <laughs> no. Come no. Okay. Right, go on then. Look at the team sheet and everything, mate. Okay, we've got <laughs> the team got sheet. Use? Outstanding. Scotland. Scotland are underdogs. But we're here to win it. That's quote, a quote. Quote from Gregor Townsend? Yeah. Okay. It's the biggest opportunity, South Africa. Notes on South Africa. Thoughts. Discipline, key for both sides. <laughs> Cheap field position and strike plays. Plays the strength of both. Fair play. Kicking game, not overplayed. Just everything we've talked about in the pod, to be fair. Interesting matchups. Graham versus Colby. Uh, Russell versus Libok. The front rows. Richie versus Khaleesi. And the benches. This is... I'll tell you what. You, that right, isn't it? Oh, it's excellent. Excellent <laughs> work, Stu. Like we should applaud. Why are you bullying him? You should be applauding that, encouraging that. Ah, oh, you know, I'm you massive have started fan of press. This? Oh, well, good point. Yeah. Yeah, that's just everything we've talked about. That's no biggie. You've <laughs> <laughs> got a World Cup You're story. Welcome. You're is welcome. There a World, <laughs> is there a World Cup story in there? You're welcome. Um, no. Okay, good. Yeah, Jelly, mate. <laughs> Scotland camp, mate. We, were, we did. We did do very well. So it's a depressing place to be at times. Leggy and Hoggy, your camp high fifteen. So we're trying to create a camp high fifteen. So it is the Japanese word for cheers. And the idea is that you pick a rugby player that maybe you faced or maybe haven't and would have liked to have played against. Maybe they were really hard players. Maybe they were great players. Maybe you love these players. I don't know. It could be anything like that. But then you would have enjoyed a beer with them after. Maybe an Asahi Super Dry after the game with them. So that one player, brilliant player, brilliant bloke. Who would that be? And they can, we can add them to the Campo 15. Hugo, you've done yours. Yeah. Okay, was it? I picked Brian Habana. Ah, uh, Habana, you are. Joe Rocathoco picked Drew uh, Mitchell. Drew Mitchell. Or I Shane pick, Williams. I picked my friend Ugamani. Oh, Oh my goodness, you're going to make it into a World 15, this Rugby World Cup, this is amazing. Not again. <laughs> uh, why? Because of his um, great fun, good looks, great rugby playing achievements, his amazing All outfit for the first together. game, or the way he smells, which... Yeah, how, how, how have we gone the last hour without talking about that outfit, by the way? You've had some outfits already this World Cup. What was the um, double-breasted, three-quarter-length jacket with... Uh, what was it? A little cravat? What would cravat, you call it? Yeah. Yeah. You can pull it off, man. I'm I'm just I messaged him yesterday and said, I thought you looked sharp, mate. And he was like, it divided opinion. <laughs> it did divide opinion. Do you know what's crazy is, on a serious, semi serious note, you have so many um, fans, people who comment on rugby, and the one thing they always want every player to be is themselves. And then you be yourselves, and they're like, oh, can't do that. <laughs> what? They're like, what's with that? I'm like, sorry, I forgot my burgundy chinos and club blazer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, mate. I didn't get the flipping traditional English dress code to go to the rugby. What's actually funny is I sat with someone at the game and I said, Prince Albert sat behind us. And they went, who's that? And I went, um, I said, said, where is he? I went, oh, he's the lad in, in the blue blazer. Turn around. Every single lad. Blue blazer. Blue blazer yeah. <laughs> Do you mean you wear something different? It's like, oh gosh, conform to rugby. Mate, I love your style. Generally, <laughs> I do. Do you mean? You always look sharp. Oh, mate, whether I look sharp or not. I, I, Treadsetter. I'm happy, I'm happy with what I wear. And let Leggies put you in the Campboy 15. How do you oh, feel yeah. about that? Cheers. It's an honour. Campai. Campai. Who's, uh, who's joining you, go, Stuart? Oh. Great so, rugby player. Tell you what, there's some good people Great on bloke. that team already. Someone from this World Cup. Someone from this World Cup. Any, no, anyone you want. Oh. Ever. Any time. Holy hicker. 
Is it Rory Lawson's uncle? <laughs> Who am I going for? Who would I love to have a beer with? Um, Who surprised you along the way when you've toured? And You know, like, sometimes you swap a shirt. We'd have seen Jalabir with... Bowden Barrett, who we swapped the whole kit actually. Yeah. I mean, that must be quite awkward when you yeah. take the shorts off. I, you know, I, yeah, that. I'd, I'd go Jordy Barrett actually. Oh. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Out of the um, three brothers, he's your favourite. <laughs> yeah, we swapped jerseys after the uh, the game last autumn. And I was like, he's a proper good block. I loved him a lot. So I, I'm going to say Jordy Barrett. Good player. Great player. Best so position. Great player. I don't know. I don't know. Normally, normally you say, oh, he's a 15 or he's a 12, but. Or what is his position? Yeah. It, what is his position is is a bloody good thing, and in, 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 mm. when it comes yeah. to him, yeah. Um, is, is I like I like him at twelve. Yeah, I think yeah. he's only out for a game. I think is he? Yeah. yeah. I like him at twelve. I think he's more involved when he's at mm. twelve. I'll tell you, Mac Hansen would be good in a camp I fifteen. I'd I'd like to share a beer with him. He'd probably shave his head and put Hugo on the back oh, of it, something like that, like Keith Hill style. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. What's is green hair at the minute, isn't it? He went green hair green for, for Keith, Keith Hill's 100th cap. K into the side of his lid, which was slightly wasted because he wears a scrum cap. Yeah, good point. The sentiment was there. Yeah. I loved it. That's cool. We're going to have a decent side at the end, don't we? That's a proper edgy bloke. I like yeah, that. Yeah, in fact, we need to actually make a graphic of all the... What should come to life. Yeah, people mm. selected. Gents, before we end, anything to add? Predictions. Oh, let's One. do predictions. See if it bodes well for Stuart. Uh, Japan, Chile. Go on. Japan by by seven. Japan by forty. Stuart. Japan by thirty-five. Uh, Scotland, South Africa. Leggy. Uh, <laughs> Mate, you're double my size. You could do what the hell you want. <laughs> South Africa by seven. Oh, by, close six. Then. by six. By six. By <laughs> six. Let me yeah, change his mind for It's one point. South Africa by fourteen. Scotland by four. You said already, yeah. Scotland by four. Heart or head? Both. Mm. I generally think we're going to play some, an exciting brand of rugby that we're going to... Mate, I'm feeling it. Be ready for it, won't we? That's I'm for sure. God, I'm looking forward to that. What uh, happened if, we, if I win, for example? Uh, we um, we so invite you back to Philip Santandre's house okay. here and we give you an Asahi. Okay. Okay. Um, Wales and Fiji. then, Wales, Fiji. Wales, Fiji. Ah. Oof. What do you think? Uh, as a Welshman, I'm quite nervous. Confident? Ah, nervous. Which is not confident. Nervous. Okay. Is that because of the way that Wales have been playing or the way that Fiji have been playing? Yeah, the latter, I think, yeah. Just because Fiji, or Hugo was saying this last week, like Fiji now have a structure to the game as well as the ability to play like they do them. Some say best rugby player nation there is right yeah I the things which oh, used to be a weakness Wales, aren't a weakness by five thank you leggy no. you're always Pleasure. welcome Pleasure. wheels by two <sighs> I'm, I'm i'm with juan wheels by five why do you all say wheels will win it i think months the the fijian 10 as a loss is so big kept the scoreboard ticking over against England, his ability to control, field position. I know that's not that. It's not everything, but Fiji have the ability, individual ability, just go bang, bang, gone. You stood there under the post going, how did that happen? Uh-huh. But mm. 
Gats. That was their bench, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's a joke. But Gats at World Cups, like, it just, it just can't be... England haven't been great this summer, but England's record at World Cups is excellent. And it, it showed yesterday. Wales at World Cups, very good. They know how to get it done. A lot of the players, they don't actually know how to get it done because they've never been at World Cup. But Gats does, and that just counts for a huge amount. I agree amount. with that last part. Gents, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks, Leggy. As always, you go. Thank, Thank you, you Gaff. Good luck today, Moggy. Don't be too nervous. <laughs> Mate, you were nervous about Wales two minutes ago. Now we've yeah. predicted Welsh wins. You're all happy. Yeah. <laughs> Look how smuggy yeah, he's smuggy now, isn't he? He says, I've got 100 caps I, in my yeah, country. As, so as, as a Welshman, I'm really, really nervous about today's game. Then Nick Manet, you're saying. That's all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm 100% behind him, but just a little bit nervous. Leggy, Stuart, you go. <laughs> Thank you so much. You've been listening to the official Rugby World Cup podcast brought to you by the official beer of the World Cup, Asai Super Dry. We will see you very soon. Don't forget to leave a comment at the bottom of this link. <laughs>